Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hey, how's it going, Alex? Very well, thank you. Bernie is here. What up, what up? And we are joined for the first time in a while by Rishi Rana. How are you, my friend? Hello, I'm glad to be back from injury. And and unmuting with perfect timing, which, you know, when, when you've been away for a while, it's not easy to get back into the swing of that, so I'm impressed. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad the bar was set low. This this is great. <laughs> this bodes well. It does. Uh, all right, it has been it's been a, a tremendous weekend of football. Happy Valentine's Day, but everyone, by the way. Thank you. Uh, nobody cares. Thanks, Mohanad. You're gesturing about something. Yeah, I just hear this crackling noise in the background. I'm not sure what it was. I'm not sure if it's tra- if it's uh, translating to listeners or not. But it's gone now. So, anyone else hearing that? No, it was probably me. I got a I got a call from. Um, my director of football and I had to, you know, mm. shut it off, let them know that I'm, I'm busy doing something. We can work uh-huh. out the transfer later. Oh, Pull a Barini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or was it, was it Barini that went into the underground the subway or was it? The... I mean, we completely made that up, but yes, it was about. Oh, no, was yeah. it? Yeah, no, we just made it up. Did so we, we make that up? Leave Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. There was someone else that switched off his phone all day from like West Brahms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah, but no one actually okay. went into the subway, as far as we know. Oh right, that we made that up, and now it just kind of manifested into my reality because we've yeah. joked about it so much. <laughs> I think we've done that a few times, but I like it better like that. <laughs> yeah, well, there was there was like what five years of Rache kind of tricking us that that what's his name Phil Phil Phil, Phil Jagielka Phil Jagielka yeah, that Phil Jagielka's first name was actually Philbert. <laughs> It was, I thought it was true for like three, four years until he just said, I thought everyone knew I was joking. Was like, oh, I think that is well, fact. To be fair, Alex knew and he thought that you guys knew. <laughs> everyone yeah. thought everyone knew the same thing, but it turns out the surprise. No, me and Mohan and I did not have any clue whatsoever. We didn't fact check it, nothing. We just thought Philbert is Philbert and we move. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is before right. this is before the the world of fake news. You know, if it was if it was since Trump, we would have checked it. But it was, <laughs> so we just took it for face value. We're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it shows you how how often or how how infrequently Phil Jagielka gets Googled. That that didn't come up. Really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, even after the against Liverpool, it was a great goal, one of the best goals in Premier League history. If you know, like everyone else in the lockdown, you get all these. 0708 or 12-13 season compilations, goal compilations from the EPL. And you'll always see Phil Jagielka's screamer. I think that's like, you know, if you had like one compilation for all of the EPL history, that's going to make that compilation. And the curl was beautiful. It kind of curled outside of the goal back in. It was very nice. Yeah. It and was it beautiful. Makes, it makes up for all the suffering he's doing at Sheffield United, presumably. <laughs> um, but we'll get there. Let's start at the Etihad. Uh, Manchester City 3, Spurs nil. Um, they barely got out of first gear. Like this was just so so easy and, and predictably so. Um, Mohanad, uh, you enjoyed this immensely for a number of reasons. So where do you want to start? Uh, Hugo Lloris, Ben Davis, uh, Davinson Sanchez. Where, where would you like to start? I mean, can you really look past the Davinson Sanchez head first fish dive in the box? Like the, for context and Alex. I'm telling it, so it is what it is. 
about a year ago or so, we were talking about Tottenham for whatever reason. Well, because we have a podcast, I guess. And Alex said that Davidson Sanchez is an okay player. He's fine. I said, you know, he's, he said something along the lines of he's not the problem or whatever. And I was like, trying to go as hard as I can say he's a horrendous player. So every time he messes up, which is like, feels like every two weeks, I just text Alex saying he saw that, right? But this one, I mean, this is like a Phil Jones moment. This was beautiful. Like I was actually laughing. I was watching this game with my brother and we were actually laughing out loud that moment. It was, yeah, glorious. Has, has anyone slowed it down and put it to the Titanic music? Because I think that would be perfect. <laughs> just love how his face hits the ground first. Like it's just so funny. I mean, it what, was, what? it was yeah, go quite ahead. unfortunate. I, I was just going to say it was quite unfortunate because he made a calamity of mistakes. Like, you know, first he shouldn't have let the ball bounce. And then he was completely off balance. He fell over himself. And then while he had fallen over himself, he decided the only thing I can possibly do at this moment is throw my head in the way of the ball. And then it just kind of like someone took a photo of that moment that made, just made him look like he had just completely been thrown off a fishing boat, like onto the deck. <laughs> well, you know, exactly you, know that, you, you know that FIFA celebration that was very popular the last FIFA where like the players just like dive like a fish and like are, you know, yes. you know like it's just the, the thing is too, like I know Gundogan is in good form. I get it. And we're going to go through the stats, I'm sure, and everything. But, you know, it can't be Gundogan doing this to you. You know what I mean? Like, it's no matter how good form he is, it cannot be him. Like, when Messi does it to Boateng, Boateng can say it's Messi, everybody go away. But it's it's good again. Like, come on. No, but yeah, at yeah. least, like, when Messi did it to, to Boateng, Messi gave him, like, a little shimmy shake. And then was just like, let me get my feet in order. Like, there was nothing there. But but this is the thing. Like, once once you squared him up, and it's good again against Davinson Sanchez, and it's, like, a skill, and he has to get by him, Okay, like maybe you could justify it, but the fact is that there was a race first. There was a race between four foot Ilkay Gundogan, who's not quick in the first place, and like nineteen foot Devin Sanchez, whose main attribute is pace. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? So much went wrong. So much went wrong. But yeah, I mean, at that point, City, like you said, did not even come out of here. It was, it was just way too, way too easy for them, and in the form they're in, you know, I think any everybody expected the City win. Um, how easy it was going to be, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, this Gundogan stepped up again, which was, you know, you keep thinking about these people that have this this run of form. When, are, when is it going to end? And you're always like, oh, it's over now. Oh, it's over now. Oh, it's over now. And it's just, it's, it's still going with them. Like, it's, it's a little bit weird to think that uh, Pep said that uh, KDB might be back this weekend. Honestly, if I'm Pep, I'll tell KDB, listen, just chill. Like, you know what? We don't actually need to rush you back. Like, you can get a bit of a rest. It's a weird COVID season. You know, Gundogan won't do this forever. Or maybe he will. Then you can just chill even more. Because, listen, they have stormed to the top of the league. Like, and left everyone behind since KDB got injured. And it's not because of KDB. It just is what it is. Gundogan, I can see Mo's eyes. <laughs> I can see Mo's eyes. Mo believes <laughs> But the point is, they've been doing well, and they haven't missed him for one day, not even a second. And I wouldn't rush him back. I would wait for him to become fully, fully, fully fit and then ease him back into the team. There's no need for, for a rush back. So the, the only caveat I would offer there is that Champions League starts again this week. And so they're going to start to need possibly a little more rotation than they have, you know, so far. Mm. Well, he also Pep needs to tinker. It's a Champions League race, so this is perfect for him. If he's back, he can tinker a little bit with the starting eleven and then lose to some underdog in the round of sixteen. Right? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, it was an interesting game. You know, as we talk about Pep versus Mo rivalry, I really don't think there is a rivalry anymore because it's just a matter of Mourinho playing his his I'm in first gear type of football all the time. And it's really, it's terrible to watch, honestly. Like being a Spurs fan right now, I'm, I'm not a Spurs fan, but I understand exactly what Spurs fans feel because, you know, we had him at United and it was, his Spurs are playing exactly the same time as dull, uncoordinated football. They don't know how to put three or four passes together. Honestly, City had a very easy job in this game. And that job was just to keep the ball, create a couple of chances. They got a penalty to make it 1-0 and Spurs were never going to come out after that. Hurricane hit the bar with a, you know, a set piece. That was, I think, the only game plan Mourinho had. You know, lump it forward to Kane and inshallah. But like, besides that, forget about it. I think as well, like, we know that they don't have any attacking um, ideas. That, the same thing that was said at, at him at United, it was just do your thing, whatever. But what we've known Mourinho as is a defensive coach and good at getting defenders to do their job, put the bodies on the line, get, drill them into positions and formations, whatever. But, you know, when you look at Ben Davies and Raheem Sterling, that was hilarious. Um, you look at who was on the other side? Who was on the other side? Um, Foden, who, who was frankly like their best player. And, and that's not even his fault he looked bad. It's just he's not played very much. But then like, even Hoiberg is looking like a joke now. Like, I, I, I feel like when he loses dressing rooms, people forget how to play football because there are good players there, but they don't know what they are doing. And it looks amateur. This game, like Mo said, we expect the city to win. But I really, really was surprised at the level of pubness that Spurs reached in this game. It was honestly a disgrace to the game. Yeah, I think the pub rating was very high. I, I like the the thing. The thing. The, the Hoiberg point is a good one because like there was some there was some Hoiberg slander on social media over the weekend, and it's like th- these guys haven't turned into bad players. We saw it the same with with the United players. There are so many people that that Mourinho wrote off as not good enough, who it turns out were. They were just being badly managed. And the fact is that, like, for the first three, four months, five months, Hoiberg was their best player, or one of them, second to Kane, maybe. But he's just been run into the ground because after two months, Mourinho decided they couldn't possibly win a game without him playing. And so he's written off Winks, he's written off other midfielders, and skips on loan at Norwich. And he's decided that Hoiberg has to play 90 minutes two, three times a week. Like, at a certain point, the guy's just going to drop off a cliff, and that's what we're seeing now. Right. It's also interesting to point out that Diaz wasn't playing for City. So, you know, supposedly the Rock and, you know, their, their Van Dyke, etc. wasn't even playing this game. And, you know, they had no trouble whatsoever. And I think the, the back line, kind of the City's defensive record of the last, whatever, 10, 11, 12 games has been incredible. Um, and that's kind of where the fix began, really. It was at the back because it was calamity um, early on in the season. But Bernie, you brought up a good point. I think Sterling retired Ben Davis this, this game, man. Like it was done. Like, you know, when, when you see this, that thing in like a striker's or a winger's eyes that when he knows that he's got the better of the, of the fullback and Sterling did the, the, the first one, he did the first one and then it was over. He would not pass the ball anymore. He's like, I'm just going to run at Davies every single time I get the ball. And he got the better out of him every single time. Yeah, it was, it was actually a joke. <laughs> I, as a manager, I don't know what you do in that situation. Like, switch the three at the back or five at the back, whatever. Like, it, it was, honestly, I felt Ben Davies should have probably just subbed himself off. Like, you know, like, Japanese samurai, like, kill myself in honor. Like, that's, that's literally what he should have done. Like, Gary Neville moment? <laughs> yes, like, I'm done, boss. Retire. <laughs> 
I, I get yeah. the feeling we might see Bale do that on the on the pitch by the end of the season. Like he actually had almost his best moment all season in this with his little soft shoe shuffle and then a really rubbish shot to end it. But like that which was is the, the most opposite promising thing we've seen. Which is the opposite of what I like. I, I remember looking at that and thinking that is the opposite of what I expect of Bale. I expect him to not have the dribbling ability anymore, but expect him to have that hammer of a left foot. That move was almost the opposite of what I expected. He did amazing little nifty moves, and then when it came to the easy bail part of it, that's when he messed it up. Actually, that's an interesting point you bring up because I, I actually feel like I expect that from Bale now that he's come back from La Liga. I feel like he wants to bring what he's learned in La Liga, which is a little bit more of those kinds of nifty footwork, turns, shoulder fakes, instead of just you know running past Maicon. He's not going to do that week in and week out now at the age of, what, 29 or 30? And Mourinho's, yeah, I mean, I think Mourinho's tactics are not going to suit any player, but I still think Bale has something in him that, he might find form at some point somewhere, maybe in, not Tottenham in China. Yeah, probably or in Saudi China. Arabia. I, I, I like the idea though. I like the idea that like Bale's like showing up and he's like, I can't show you my Spanish, but I can show you my Spanish feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like that idea. I yeah. think, I, I think he's got a little bit of that and he's trying to do that. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we had you know one a classic a classic Mourinho moment this week where he criticised Bale's Instagram post, um, which is rich coming from Mourinho and his Instagram. But you know we won't dwell on that because it's just nonsense. Uh, let's move on. Leicester three, Liverpool one. Liverpool in a somewhat downward spiral right now, and Leicester, Mohamed's second team, are rising to the challenge. I mean, the, from what they scored their first goal in the 78th minute, it was like a <laughs> almost a 15-minute demolition of Liverpool. It was unreal. Like at the beginning, the beginning of the game, it was kind of balanced. Liverpool weren't showing much, and Leicester were kind of just holding them back. But indeed, he was dominating in midfield, absolutely dominating. And then they, I think, eventually with the with the balance of play, I think Liverpool, I think Leicester, sorry, got what they deserved at the end, the three points. They played well enough to get them. The last 15 minutes were unreal from them um and yeah, Salah got his goal so it doesn't matter you know that Liverpool lost he, he got his he did his part he's like well, I'm the only one doing anything here um but yeah this was weird man Liverpool just keep kind of slumping into the abyss further and further this season I mean they might not even make top four you know four months ago these guys were on top of the world best team in the world by far etc cetera, etc cetera, breaking records all that good stuff four months ago and now it's like they can, you know, they can barely get three points. I mean, they've lost, what, three times at home in, in a month? Um, so, yeah, yeah, and they've only won two games since November, I think. So. Yeah, it's been quite mysterious. I mean, I, I had to rewatch the second half of this game uh, because everything happened in the last 15 minutes. Even Salah's goal kind of happened shortly before the Leicester goal. And um, it was interesting because most of the, most of the ha- I mean, most of the ball was always in Leicester's half. Liverpool were creating chances. You know, they had their usual pressing game happen. But then, you know, after they got their goal, they sat back a little bit. And I think when Leicester equalized, there was like a VAR review that let the goal stand. And that may have been kind of like a a call that was very 50-50. Had they not let that goal stand, maybe we would say, you know, the final result would have been 1-0. But if the goal went in and then immediately Kabak and Allison imploded, and uh, Liverpool's weren't pressing the Leicester players anymore. There were big holes in the midfield. Leicester could have actually had a fourth goal if Allison didn't make an amazing, unbelievable save. 
But um, it was, yeah, I mean, like they imploded in the last 10 minutes of the game, which was really surprising. So maybe something mental with this team, because I, I, I see Van Dyke coming back at some point in the future. And I don't see them having the same problems. So I'm just going to enjoy it while I can. Yeah, well, it looks like he's out for this season. So you've got at least the rest of the season. Sorry, buddy, go. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. But I, I do think that the problems that they actually have are bigger than Van Dyke at this point. I think, sure, like you don't want Henderson in your back line and Kabak is new and Reese Williams and the other guy who I don't, Nathan Phillips, I think, is his name. Nathan Phillips, literally square. You got it. Uh, like those are problems, yes. But Allison is now a problem. And I'm sure class is permanent or form is temporary, whatever the thing is, whatever. He'll fix it. But like he's fixing it, he's messing it up on his own. <laughs> it's not as if like like Van Dyke is the one who will stop Allison from throwing the ball away or from like running off his line and kicking his own center back in the back of the head. Like those things are gonna happen regardless if Van Dyke is there. But my yeah. main problem is look at Salah scored, but Salah lost the ball in the build up to the third goal. Look at Thiago is losing the ball more, not ineffective. There are so many things that are happening at the same time. Injuries, mental, form. Klopp's head isn't in it. Salah Mane, weird form. Like, all these things are happening at exactly the same time. That's why I'm not really convinced it's just Van Dyke comes back and it's a, it is resolved. I mean, I think, that, that said, we also have to kind of put a bit of perspective here because I think Liverpool lost this game in the 17th minute. Um, you know, there was never a plan for Thiago to come on here. But unfortunately, Milner got injured. Thiago came on. The rest is history. We know how it went. Right? Right. <laughs> Uh, can you can you remind us of uh, the tweet of the weekend, please? Oh, yeah. I mean, so we decided to put together, you know, those amazing graphs. So we decided to put a thumbs up effectiveness graph. So, you know, you got thumbs up a lot, but not effective. Thumbs up a lot and effective, et cetera. And obviously, Thiago was far top left in the thumbs up a lot, very ineffective. Well, yeah, people like Henderson and Van Dyke on the other side of the, of the thumbs up, but also very effective. So. Very effective thumbs, yeah. But I still think all time before talking thumbs up and ineffective, all time leader in the EPL is Lukaku. I know he's doing well in Serie A, but in the EPL, thumbs up and clap. He's I, like the king. I, I, was, that, was that like after he got a really good pass and but miscontrolled it? But he yeah. was like good pass. Yeah, yeah. First okay. touch into Rose Ed, maybe even out of the stadium. I was about to challenge Rache and then I remembered all the <laughs> Yeah, good great pass. Yeah, I agree. Um, but on, on Liverpool, again, it's like I think it's five losses in seven or something like this, like some something pretty bad. And the, like, with or without the defenders, they were actually, what, maybe losing by one goal before, right? And, and then they weren't scoring goals. Their attack was a big part of the problem. Salah wasn't scoring for a while, and no one else was going to score a goal. And now Salah's getting his ob- obligatory one goal a game, but you're not going to win every game one nil. You're going to have to score two. And if you can't, get another goal out of Salah, what are you going to do at this point? Like, there are so many issues, and um, Leicester came back, I think they had a goal chalked off for VAR, that was a Madison free kick or something like that, I think? It was a, yeah, it was a 1-1. Equalizer. And how did they get back into it? What was the equalizing goal? They, that was uh, goal. They, they counted it, it stood. The Madison one? The VAR, the Madison, yeah, the Madison oh. free kick was Oh, okay, so they they said it wasn't a goal, then VA overturned it, and then was Kabak and Allison, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, and then the third. Okay. Keep in mind also that you know you know Omar, friend of the pod, he's a big Liverpool fan, and he obviously follows much closer you know his team than we do. He said something very interesting, and 
he said that Klopp seems to always take out Curtis Jones um, towards end of games. And he feels that that's always when they start to lose a little bit of control. We've talked about how Curtis Jones has been good in kind of that midfield and especially with Henderson up there. And he just said he feels that every time Curtis Jones comes off, they lose a little bit of control in midfield. And this game, I mean, the timing could not have been any better. The substitution was in the 75th minute with Ox coming on. And from the 76th minute onwards, it was horrendous. And look, I'm not saying it's directly related to Ox, but Ox in center midfield is nowhere near Curtis Jones in center midfield, just from a controlling perspective of the game, especially when you're 1-0 up. So, no, Ox is chaotic. That's a situation that didn't make too much sense. I, I mean, it is the year of the Ox. I will say that, mm-hmm. but it's no excuse. It's really no excuse. Um, I, we I do have a, a Liverpool question Sorry, um, from uh, Raul at Kavapale on Twitter, who says... Um, and he, he prefaces this by saying, asking for a selfish and opportunistic Madrid fan who's been waiting for an excuse to use the hashtag Salah Madrid. Um, <laughs> if Liverpool don't make the top four, which players would you guess might jump ship or have to be sold? Salah, definitely. Like, I didn't think of them. I, I think they'll make the top four, personally. But if they don't, then Salah is too big of an asset to keep. I don't think you can... The way Liverpool operate... They are. They have a decent amount of money, but they do operate at the edge. So they do would need to sell somebody. And Mane will only get you 50 million, as we said. Salah can get you 100. But it depends on if Real Madrid have the money, which I doubt that they have. So they might have to cut that price down to like a 70, 80 type of thing. Um, but he's the asset that, that you sell if you don't reach top four. When is, what, be there. when is Bale's contract over at Madrid? Because that is a lot of money. He has one more year after this one. So if they can somehow flog him off, I mean, just the Bale wages would help a lot. Yeah, because mm-hmm. 600 grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> and and rumors that uh, Ramos is leaving. So that would be a big one. And nah, come on. I don't you think know, he will leave. Game. I don't think he will leave. But I feel like if there's a time to let him go, now's the time to let him go. Like, oh, isn't Varane out of contract as well or something? That's a not, Well, I think they're trying to sell him as opposed to a contract. Mm. One of the two is supposed to leave. And I know it will be Varane, but it probably should be Ramos because he's 35 and costing you 300, 400 a week. Like, why? And um, with Alaba coming in, at least, yeah. You know, it does make some sense. But I, I still, I, I, I just find it too hard to process Ramos not at Madrid. Like, I, just I think he happen. runs the club. Like, he does reality. run the club. <laughs> he actually does. Yeah. Um, Actually, sorry, the, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead, I was going to say on the subject of Liverpool players potentially leaving. Um, I mean, yeah, like Salah is the obvious target. I, I, would also, I would look at their midfield and I would say, okay, well, Shakiri, he's like, you know, a super sub, if you can call him a super sub. But, you know, Shakiri, Van Haldem, those are like very key players for them. And then one of the wingbacks, either Trent or Robertson. Um, I think they've been a little bit off form in the last like six or seven league games. Because these are the two players who are carrying them last season. Like, if you look at, you know, even fantasy Premier League, Robertson and Trent were just getting assists, banging in goals every week, week in, week out. And they haven't really done much in the last six or seven weeks. So, um, yeah, I think that's a big one for them for sure. Frankfurt, for sure, one of those two wingbacks. And then one of those midfielders, I think, would probably go. Well, when Aldum's out of contract, so it looks like he'll be off anyway. I honestly, I can't see the wingbacks leaving, though. Like, Trent is, what, 21 and he's a Liverpool boy. And then Robertson just seems like he's happy. He would, yeah, he would stay. I feel like it's also the market, up. right? We talked about this Corona market. Like it has, like you're not gonna get millions of like these big. These are no. not huge, huge moves left, right, right and center. Maybe every club might do one or something, but like 
I, I just feel like a lot of clubs don't have the resources to do that, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I think they're safe from a fire sale. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, West Bromwich Albion won, Manchester United won. Uh, what went wrong this week? I, I hear that you guys are blaming the referees. Uh, yes and no. I mean, well, your captain a- is, so. Who? Oh, Maguire? Yeah. And um, the manager. Um, it was a bad performance, first off. I mean, their, first, their goal, yes, it was a foul. I mean, he's raked Lindelof's eye. <laughs> like, if Lindelof, I'm surprised Lindelof isn't a, isn't a, a, a freaking pirate with an eye patch. Like, it was a foul. Like, there's not, nothing about that. However, I think Lindelof's positioning was poor in the first place to allow the guy to get there. But does he pull him by the face? Yes, he does. So it shouldn't have stood, in my opinion. But still, I have to blame Lindelof contractually in every, every game he plays. Um, and then Bruno got a shinner, uh, shinner volley, which, which I loved. And he's, he's like, his goal record is just stupid. Like, it's 22 goals in, since he showed up. So he's played 38 Premier League games, 22 goals. It, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. Best shin since Rooney, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen some, some others, but that one took the cake. Um, but then, like, I expected a wave of attacks, which didn't really happen. Mason Greenwood had one off the line. Tommy had one off the line. But then United plowed forward, and then Diagne or whoever missed two unbelievable chances to put West Brom ahead. And then Maguire hits the post, literally last kick of the game. Actually, he didn't hit the post. Sam Johnson with a sensational save. save. It's, save. It's, it's top five saves this season. Definitely yeah, top like five saves. Four of Emmy Martinez saves, and <laughs> like remember how we said was it Emmy Martinez we said or Leno that like you're like the ball's gone but the guy can like just extend that a little bit more. I think Martinez, it was Leno. I think wasn't it? And oh my God, what a save that was! Unbelievable, unbelievable save. Yeah, I'd say they were you know obviously going one nil down within two minutes is not the ideal start. It's like here we go again with the early goal conceded. Now we have to do more work for ourselves. It's kind of exhausting. I mean, you know, this team in the last four or five games, they've got results that maybe didn't really reflect on how much they controlled the games or dominated the games. Like the Everton 3-3, the, you know, the the loss to Sheffield United, for example. Um, So sloppy performance from United in recent weeks, but I do feel like they had spells of pressure in this game. Like, for example, the equalizing goal that came after a lot of pressure going into halftime, so kind of a deserved goal. Okay, 1-1. One, one. It's a really good time to score, right? A really good time to score. Like, yeah. 44th minute, you're thinking that's it. Second half, you'll definitely get a second. Exactly. And you think at that point that going into halftime, 1-1, one, one, okay, we, you know, we conceded an early goal. Now, we uh, right before halftime, we got the goal. We have the momentum. Uh, they came out in the second half. They had, they had periods of pressure in the second half, but they weren't able to really find the final ball. They weren't you know, for some reason, maybe the attack was a little blunt. Um, they couldn't get like a header. They couldn't get a cross in the box. I think West Brom defended pretty well, to be honest. And I think they had the better chances on the counter in the well, second half, Bernie said. Speaking of blunt attacks, like Martial didn't look good this game. I know he came in for Greenwood. He did not look very confident on the ball. He didn't look, he was playing, I think, wide left. Um, yeah, it just didn't look very inspiring from him. He, he tried a little bit, but nothing really seemed to come off. And there was a lack of Pogba, too. Yeah, that, that as well. I'm not yeah. even going to say he tried. I, I, I think he did not try very hard in this game. And sorry, let me correct myself. I think he tried, but like his body and his, <laughs> and his mind are not in the same place. Greenwood came on and could have scored and literally 
like the momentum swung when Greenwood came on. I don't know. On that left side, it's Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw is everything. When Martial isn't is playing like that, Luke Shaw is everything. And he got the assist for Bruno. And now he has five. And only one defender, I think Cresswell, has more than him. And Dinia. So he's really having a great season, but he can't be the one to just carry the whole side. Like, you don't I, do that. I'm sort of surprised that uh, Mourinho has let Luke Shaw live. Just because <laughs> you're like, just his existence is, you know, makes Mourinho alive. It's like one of those things. It's like Harry Potter would, you know, <laughs> like as long as Harry Potter's alive, Voldemort can't relax. It's kind of like that. I agree. I agree. Roger, you like Luke Shaw now, I think. I, th- I think he's surprised me, in, especially since the Liverpool 0-0 draw. I think he came out in that game. He was very sharp, and he's continued his sharpness since then. You know, knock on wood, he doesn't get an injury like Pogba. Pogba was playing really well right before he got injured. Um, so, yeah, I mean, United, this United <laughs> overall, I th- I what's think so funny about it? I was just going to say, I think Shaw represents hope for Roger. Because... <laughs> Identical body types, but one is an unbelievable Premier League player at the top level. So, like, yeah, you know, I'm nice. going to take that as a as a significant compliment because sure. you know I'm watching the games. I'm watching the games with Alex, and she's saying, "Oh, Luke Shaw is a thick boy." Wow, look at Luke Shaw. We like Luke Shaw. Just to clear up any confusion, because no. I don't think you've mentioned this on the pod before, but Roche's partner is called Alex. Yes, yes, it's it's really great. Um, yeah, no, I mean. I think it's a little bit harsh to say that Luke Shaw represents hope only. I think, I think on one hand, Luke Shaw is kind of, he's been inconsistent in the past. He's had unlucky injuries in the past, but I think finally, for some, whatever reason, a lot of things have come together and Luke Shaw is playing really well right now. And if it continues to the end of the season, we can say he's, he's become consistent. Well, I think one of, one of the big things that came together is the Taya signing. Clearly, he's like, yeah, United, you have to spend money. And then, oh, I'm going to try now because I'm not the only left back of the club. I I, want to add to Mohan's hope point because I actually do think Luke Shaw represents hope for many reasons. One, coming back from injury. Two, coming back from abuse, (laughs) like an abusive relationship and coming out the other side. And to the consistency part, remember, he was player of the season in that weird Mourinho Ole half season. He was brilliant last season and he's brilliant again. He's actually consistently brilliant now like it's no longer is he good he is good that that's that's now the foundation and that's when you start hearing people go even though i don't rate the man but gareth southgate is is talking about luke shaw coming back like it's it's annoying but that's really how you rate if someone is kind of back like if well, they get back wait who's that. the current who's the current english left back Chilwell. and he's and he's yeah, rubbish he's, right now yeah. yeah so totally fair enough i i just wonder what it is they promised Shaw that he gets at the end of the game you know, what is it? There's something. Jaffa cake. <laughs> Jaffa cake? Well, Rio Ferdinand's you... just standing there with a packet. It's the Jaffa behind. cake at the, the Jaffa cake at the end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Um, actually, before we do, we've got a quick question um, from Jojo at Mojo Dojo on Twitter. And because we're right now, we are in between Manchester United and Arsenal segments. Um, so I'm going to ask this question. And he says, um, is there, uh, this is, uh, this is just a perfect question from Mohamed. Um, any player on your favorite team that you irrationally hate? Personally, he says he can't stand Danny Ceballos. The useless skills slows down the play, etc. Pepe. There's almost too many to choose from. There's too many, but if you had to pick one right now, but, it's... But, okay, I, I, I'm going to stress the word irrational because there are plenty of oh. players at Arsenal who it's perfectly reasonable to hate, but who's someone that annoys you even though they should Bellerin. necessarily? 
Sure. Like Bellerin, sure. That's not even irrational. And and I'm I'm is it Mojo Dojo? I'm like, what do you mean Sabas is irrational? It's not. He's rubbish. It's really irrational as well. Well, yeah, to be for it to be irrational, you'd have to hit like Obama or you'd have to hit like Leno or like you'd have to the problem is you don't have that or, or like Saka. Like that would be absolutely irrational, right? Uh, but Alex, can you repeat the question? Or was it like you know, what does he mean by irrational? Like you just like you see his picture and then you just like want to shoot somebody like that type of irrational? <laughs> like, Maybe. I mean, he says any player. Is there any player on your on your favorite team that you rationally hate? So, I mean, I, I think maybe you could you could open up the question to is there any player on your team that you hate? And it's irrational because it's your team. You know, you're not supposed to hate your own players. But I, I think of it as like he's really good, but you still hate them. That's how maybe. I be rational. Like, like if you hated Bruno for whatever reason, it would be irrational. Well, sure. I have I have a little bit of a love hate. I think it's harsh my my selection on United, but uh, because you know, especially given the abuse he gets on social media after games these days, which is completely unacceptable. But I, I do have a love hate with Martial, and right now it's definitely leading on a hate. And um, I think it's just because you see you know the guy's capable of so much, and then when you see that he's losing the ball sloppily or he's not trying or he drops his shoulders after taking one shot. Like, it's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, there's a million people like watching this who who want to give you all the strength in the world to like play these 90 minutes. Just don't walk around. You walk all, like, I mean, I don't want to get, I don't yeah, want to yeah. start momentum right now, but yeah, I'm I'm irrationally hating on Marshall. That's fair. Bernie? Lindelof. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually wish that the granny he saved in Sweden from robbery just slapped him in the face. Wow. Like... I, I really wish that, or like the, he did, he caught the robbers and they just beat him up and left him in an alley. That's, that's how irrational. I hate that guy. Like I, I need him. God, I need him. Wasn't he? Wasn't he having a good beginning of the season? What do you mean? <laughs> no. I thought him and Maguire were doing just fine. Mate, Lindelof's been decent. Mate, the the point that our season turned around was when he got injured and Baye came in for like six games in a row. Where is Baye? <laughs> he got he got injured. Okay, this is this is the best part about Baye. Okay. He was in a car crash. He wasn't the one driving. The car skidded and he busted his knee or something. So he's only just coming back into fitness. Like, that's just so Eric Bailly bad luck. This is the thing. You, you can't rely on Bailly because every few months there'll be some silly incident. Mm-hmm. He's great yeah. when he's around, but he's just not around very much. <laughs> There's also um, sometimes he's like a little bit of a calamity on the field where, you know, like if you watch the 5-2 game against Bournemouth to at the end of last season, you're thinking, okay, here's a back pass from Matic that's like a little bit off, but somehow Bailly has managed to give away a penalty from that. <laughs> he <laughs> could like, turn it into a worse situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair. Um, I, I'll just, well, you know what? I'll get to mine when we talk about Arsenal. Um, so Arsenal 4 leads to... Um, Alex, we are talking know. about Arsenal, so get to yours. Okay, okay, fine. I'll go straight into it. Granite Xhaka, right? Um, <laughs> how is that irrational yeah I know I know it's, it's like, the bloodlust that Alex gets when he sees it I fucking hate Granite Xhaka because um, <laughs> he's got this like hard man personality thing and he's just not at all he's just a complete coward like when, when our defenders have the ball you'll never see anyone hide more than Granite Xhaka he just like hides himself behind a, an opposing <laughs> forward or midfielder so that they can't pass it to him it's so pathetic um I, I, okay, so here's the other thing today, right? Sorry, let's, can I just say that, Alex? This is a very different side of you because Alex is a very peace and love and like every 
<laughs> I, I love the sound of you. Keep going. Just break it up more. You can you can you can pick three players, man. I just want to see more of this sound. <laughs> okay, here's here's how you know how much I hate Grand Jacker because he got an assist in this game, and my reaction was not great. He got an assist. Was like, let me see how many assists he's ever got for <laughs> Arsenal, right? And it's he's played 150 games, 15. He's my chest central midfielder whose <laughs> asset is passing. Right, he he averages seventy-two passes a game. Right, an assist. All an assist is is you pass it to someone else and they score. <laughs> That's all it is. Doesn't have to be like a through ball or like you know an, an L one triangle or whatever. Just pass it to someone and they shoot and score. That's it. That's my chest. It. It's actually in pain. <laughs> so like yesterday's assist. Unbelievable. Wait, how many? How many is he at? Fifteen in one hundred and fifty appearances. Wow, and he's captain. Well, not anymore, but he was yeah, until, he you know, he swore at the fans. Oh, Okay, let's talk about the, the fact that Arsenal went 4-0 up against Leeds. Yeah, other than that, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> other than the fact that Saka got an assist. Um, I think this was, we talked about this in, you know, the last couple of weeks we lost to Wolves, I believe, in that kind of, what was it? Was that the 1-0? Uh... No, that was Villa. Villa 1-0. Wolves, we lost uh, from like being down to nine men, etc. And obviously yeah. it was, you know, mayhem and oh my God. And blah, blah. But we talked about, you know, I said last week that I could actually see a lot of positives from those two games, even though, you know, mm-hmm. really bad losses. But I could see a lot of good things happening. You could see Smith throw and Saka again. You can see things, you know, coming together. And I think this, what this first 45, 50 minutes of this game showed that. It showed that kind of, you know, when things were going our way, we were playing just as well as those other games. Just there wasn't that random red card or a penalty or whatever. Things were going well. We were playing very well. Aubameyang coming back in the side centrally was a great move by Arteta um, with, you know, no wingers behind him. So we had Saka, but there was no Pepe, no William, etc. And, you know, he played with a lot of creative tiki-taka technical players in Smithrow and um, Odegaard, etc. And I think we played so well. We, you know, we didn't have Partey. Get Sabayas Shaka. So we were missing a couple of players there. Pepe was, is in good form recently. He was dropped. So I was really encouraged by those first 15 minutes or so of this game. So that, that actually leads me on to another question we got. So this one's from at CamH um, on Twitter, who says, does Lacazette start in this Arsenal team at the moment? Um, he says, Smithrow, Odegaard, Saka and Aubameyang look like Arsenal's best combination of attackers against Leeds. What do you think? Well, I think before this game, the answer is yes, Laka definitely starts because Aubameyang has zero link-up play and he has all these players around him that need the link-up and Lacazette is making other players look really good in recent weeks. So I don't want to use just this game. You know, yes, if if we play like this every week, then no, Laka cannot get into it. But before the game started, the answer would have been definitely yes, Laka comes back into this team. Now it's like, okay, well, let's try one more with Aubameyang. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um the, my my answer to that um, is sort of a future planning has has a bit of a future planning planning angle because like I said, contracts up in the summer, and extending him would be a complete joke, right? Like you know, I'm not ruling out it happening because we're not run like a professional football club, but you know they should sell him, and so. As much as you want to be pragmatic and if you think Lacazette is the best way to make as many points as you possibly can this season, then you play him. But I would rather plan for the future and not necessarily have him in the team um, and have someone like Martinelli play, who you know is going to be there for years and needs the game time. Um, Given that, 
probably not going to make top four. There's not that much to play for anyway. So like, get the team ready for next season, and and play the people that are going to be there. That but would so, be my do, you said he's out of contract, right? Like, like sorry, he has a year left at the end of this season. Okay, so, so you got to sell him somewhere. Just ship him off. Okay, because I was going to say my next question would be, you know, you did score four goals, Patrick from Aubameyang. Now, that could either be him coming back into form, or you know. It's a, it could be a little bit like a car at the end of its life sputtering and, you know, every now and then it will, it will take... Well, Leeds also concede tons of goals, right? I, we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry about right. that. We'll get there. But do you need to buy a striker? Like, is that is that a necessary thing? Or can you do, like, you know, get rid of Lacazette and then do Aubameyang, Martinelli, and Ketia for one season, after which you 100% will need to buy a striker? Like, what's the move? I think I think we've got enough wingers for Martinelli to try playing down the middle. I think we've got the you know Smithrow can play wide. You got Pepe, Saka. I think you have enough options where you could do Martin. You could do Martinelli either wide when needed or central as well when needed. You also have you know Inketi. I don't think we'll ever make it at Arsenal. He's not really an option for me. There is the young guy Balogun, um, who you know he's trying to come through. We're trying to give him a new contract. He's out of contract. There's a lot of talk of him wanting to go and get some football. I think. He's worth a punt next season to kind of be a second or third striker so he can get some more minutes. I think if we sell like as a, I would say not necessarily we would need to replace him. I think we're, we'd can be I, okay. Can I just say that Balogun is Nigerian, so he's going to Fulham. Just just saying. That's true. probably and, true, yeah. Yeah. Balogun is a fixing a two does he have to, he, he was a pioneer, yes. <laughs> he was a Nigerian pioneer at Fulham. Does he have to go to Sunderland first? No, no, no. He just has to go to Fulham. That's that's Nigeria at this point. So, yeah. Can I can I just I, w- I mean we'll probably touch on Fulham in a bit, but can I just say for some reason the other day I watched the highlights of the Fulham Europa League final against Atletico Madrid. It is an unbelievable team that Fulham reached the final with. Unbelievable. <laughs> Dixon the two who's there. Simon Davis is like their best player. Damien uh, Duff Bob- there. Damien Duff's probably hanging about. Zamora's leading the line. Like it, it it's a joke. Is this the is this the year they played the Juventus? Yeah. yeah. In Craven Cottage, right? Yeah. yeah. Steve Finnan, maybe? I don't know. It's just it's remarkable. He's like breakout year. Yeah. And, and then he went to Spurs. How can we ever forget Clint Dempsey was at Spurs? For like a year, I think. Maybe two? Yeah. <laughs> Those guys played against Forlan and Aguero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to bring us back to the Arsenal-Leeds game. Uh, yeah, Mahana brought up a point that like, Leeds concede every week. And I'm actually fed up with Leeds. You know, I think when they started the season, it was like fun and exciting football. But now, and maybe I took a point away from Bernie, but Bernie, please go ahead. No, 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 no. I was, I was more like, please, please go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun and exciting at the beginning of the season. Now we're 22, 24 games in. And, you know, Leeds, you know, have conceded numerously, you know, five goals a game, four goals a game, six goals a game. It's ridiculous. Like, you, you're not going to score three goals every game. You're not going to score four goals every game. You can't concede three or four goals every game because you're going to get relegated. So I feel like at this Bielsa philosophy, whatever, he's going to stick to his principles. Fantastic. It's worked for you in the past. But I think you do need to really recalibrate a little bit here. That's a good point. Uh, Hang on. Yeah, go ahead. Quick counterpoint before Mohamed agrees with you. They're 11th, right? Newly promoted. They're 11th. Their goal difference is minus two. Every team below them has a much worse goal difference. So he's not doing anything wrong, really. Leads divide opinion because they are doing better. It's weird. Like they're they're doing better than sometimes they look, and sometimes they're 
they look better than they're doing. Like it's just so yes. to get an opinion on leads and it depends on which week you tune in, right? So the week you tune in where they're killing a team and they're high energy and they're doing this and that and they win three, two, you're like, oh, I love this team. And then, the, you know, the week you tune in and this happens where they, you know, they concede four goals. Yes. It just, I, I get what Rishay's saying in the sense that have your fun and you're right, Alex, they're 11th, which means they're fine. They don't need to change anything right now, but eventually how sustainable is this? I'll, 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 it's not. Um, it's just not. Firstly, they have, there's an interesting stat that I didn't know, which is Man United have scored the most goals in the league this season. And Leeds contributed to that by letting Man United score six. <laughs> like, of course, Southampton did, which we'll get to. But this is, just, and Leeds have conceded the most in the league with 42. Uh, no, not the most in the league. Like, they're of the teams in the, well, they were in the top half. They have conceded the most with 42. Like, their record is nonsense. Like, to Rache's point, you cannot keep doing this. And this is actually what Bielsa does. Like, he's done this consistently throughout his career. And my whole thing, as everyone knows, is just that, like, I agree with Alex in that they're 11th. Like, they just got promoted. Whatever. Like, this is what they're supposed to be. But let's not do this whole, this is revolutionary. We've never seen it before. It's no wonderful, no refreshing. And he deserves to be <laughs> in the top managers with? in the world, which is exactly what, 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 what people did. I'm just saying, Alex, and I know you know this, people got carried away. That's all I'm saying. Not no anymore. It's away. just, not it's anymore. about, like, no it's need. Not- it's not if Arsenal beat you four two, I'm sorry. Just like you're not that good right now. Like just, just understand that you're just not. Relax. What's the difference? Excuse me. <laughs> What's the between 11th place and 18th place? Nothing. I feel like how many points? Okay. It's nothing. But but this is the, well, no, there's, there's loads of like Fulham. Fulham have 18 points and Leeds have 32. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's, they're 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 really good, but in, in terms of points. But here's the thing, like. It's not that ridiculous. I mean, a couple of the goals that, that they conceded would were, were just Melier being a complete moron in this case. Um, but you would rather, I guarantee you, right, if you have to watch a team over the course of the season, you would much rather be leads and finish, even if they get worse and finish 15th, than watch like Crystal Palace or Newcastle or even Wolves, frankly, who have been a disaster to watch all season. Even if they, those teams finished a few points and higher up the table, you would much rather watch Leeds every week. I'd much than, rather than, watch Leeds every week because I have an agenda against Bielsa and I'm looking forward to him losing sure. only for the single purpose of quashing the nonsensical levels of hype that followed him. He has done nothing in his career to justify the levels of hype that showed up. That's my agenda. And that's my irrational hate of a manager. <laughs> we just have to give Bernie like a separate five minute pod every week to do this. So it doesn't the interfere agenda. with the regular program. Yeah. <laughs> I have agendas against three people in life. Kanye West, Marcel Bielsa, and the other person changes week to week. Revolve. I thought it was Linda Lost. Well, well, right. This well, week is a yeah, tough. yeah. We'll nice. get you. We'll get you a segment called the National <laughs> Agenda on Fox News. <laughs> you know hey, what? Hey, really, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know what really annoys me is Bielsa and Kanye West in the same box. Come on, Alex. He sits on a freaking water cooler. Like, I'm sorry, mate. Yes, but I'm at sorry. least he's not. They're he's not same. defending slavery, is he? <laughs> You never know, mate. The way he runs those guys up and down that pitch, man, it can only be slavery. <laughs> they are well compensated for that. All right, let's move on before we get in trouble. Uh, Chelsea 2, Newcastle 0. Timo Werner scored a goal. No, he didn't. 
No, he barely scored a goal. No, he didn't. I'm sorry. Like everybody was like, my my phone was was just absolutely exploding from Twitter and from you guys and from other groups going, oh my God, Werner scored. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. Well, you know, he's had a relatively good first half. I missed the second half um, or whatever. So um, that was not a goal. That was like even the contact where he was, you know, two yards away from that line was bad. Like that should have been thumped into the the back of the net, not like barely dribbled in and dribbled as in, you know, like something coming. It was the most Timo Werner goal based on the on the form we've and we've talked about his technique that you could find because it barely went over the line firstly <laughs> then the contact was wrong he fell over <laughs> like there were so <laughs> many things that were wrong with the goal that i agree with Mohamed. i don't think we should count it i don't know it shouldn't also keep like to be fair to him that first goal where Giroud scored we you know we talked about this is why Werner is playing and ziyech and um, whatever the other dude doesn't play is because he has that pace. He has that kind of physical ability to make something happen, even if it's just chaos. But so, Monet, sorry, uh, you know that the ball came in and it was deflected and then went into Giroud's path. And Fancy Premier League gave him the assist and took it away. And they explained why they took it away. So the point is, again, even his assists, I know it's banter. I know we're joking. So Dennis and people, please don't kill us for this. But like, we want to see a clean contact and a clean assist and a clean goal from Timo Werner. Also, That's what we're asking for. I'm, I'm very, I'm slightly, maybe it's the view of the camera and all that, but I'm slightly, I would be, who were they playing? Newcastle. I'll be quite upset as a Newcastle fan that Werner for that first goal came on from his kind of lip, you know, his lip was bleeding thing on the sideline. He came on in the middle of a, of a flowing attack and then it just landed to him and he took the guy one-on-one. Like, I felt like the ref should have waited for the next play. He just, I don't know if anyone noticed, he came on like in the middle of this flowing attack where the defender's like, oh, I guess you're on the field now. I, I don't know. That's just something I noticed. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't know what the rules are about that anymore not a clue well no nobody knows what any of the rules are oh exactly also i didn't know that fpl had var that's impressive <laughs> yeah oh oh so, sorry to go back to, to var just to go back you know that united west brom thing where there was a penalty claim and they did they said there was no foul sure but they checked offside first and then the rules ifab came out and were like if, if it's off it doesn't matter like the offside actually doesn't matter if it's a foul i don't know exactly what they said but they basically said even if the offside is first, it doesn't really fucking matter. You look at the penalty and I'm like, I didn't know this. And I don't even think the Premier League knows. Like, this season has, to me, shown that referees are just vibes on inshallah. They don't actually know what's going on in the game at all. They don't. They don't. We've seen it with all the red, non-reds or non-reds recently for penalties that are happening and all that. Like, every, like you see two identical clips and they're two different calls. It, it just, it's not making any sense. West Ham 3, Sheffield United nil. No. Um, who saw this one? I, I saw the whole 90 minutes and I'm super proud of this. Uh, I mean, I was looking for the, my, you know, the battle of the Uniteds or could they be the untidies today? But it turned out there was only one United and one untidy. And, you know, West Ham, 3-0, what a game. Jesse Lingard, I was very interested in watching him play. And he was the same old Jesse Lingard, maybe a little bit less match practice than he'd had in the past. I think he's, he's good for West Ham. But he needs to stop trying to dribble past players every single time he gets the ball. Um, and besides that, you know, Declan Rice, yeah. he was okay. He took a penalty. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it was a very, very slow-paced game. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a very, very amazing game. But, you know, did, three- uh, did Ben Rama stand out at all in the game? Well, he came on for Jesse Lingard, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think he played 
I think he played decently in the time he was on. I think he was involved in one of the goals if he wasn't. Uh, the third one, he had an assist for that. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was it was beautiful, man. He he did like about twenty five seconds of like compilation level dribbling <laughs> and skills, and then laid it off. And then they scored. It was great. He's a brilliant player. He's a brilliant player. And this is also without, keep in mind, this is without their striker. What's his name? Um, Antonio. He wasn't even, wasn't even fit for this game. So, is he, so he's injured again? Well, I mean, he was, he was putting up Valentine's Day posts. So I don't ah, know. about his willy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Do you reckon, I can, I can, can you imagine Moyes trying to have a conversation with him about that? <laughs> it's like, I saw your post. Uh... Moyes will not have that conversation with him because he has PTSD from Zaha. <laughs> I was thinking it. I was like, I don't say it, but I'm glad that you did. Because he, he, after that conversation, he ain't having any more of those. Um, but no. yeah, West Ham, I mean, Alex, when we look at the table, you mentioned like they, they're what, above Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, they're top four. Or are they fifth because of Chelsea? They're yeah. fifth because of Chelsea, yeah. Okay. Same points though, just goal difference. So manager of the season? I mean, I, I think so. If they keep this up, or even if they get slightly worse than this, and they finish top six, seven, eight, um, we actually have a question about it um, from Don Yaya at Kenyadian Guna, who says, um, West Ham, the reincarnation of Moyes at Everton or super rich form about to plateau? You know how I feel about Moyes. I think he always tries to play good football. I think he just needed the good players. I think he's made some great signings, the Benrama, even Lingard. Um, you know, we talked about how when Antonio was fit, they played some really great football. Then it dipped when Allaire had to fill in because this is just not the football Mo- uh, Moyes wants to play. I, I, I don't know. I always give Moyes the benefit of the doubt. When I was growing up, like, still young and still really impressionable about the Premier League and all that, Moyes Everton was like a big one for me. I don't know why. It just felt like I really liked that Everton team. And I felt that it, I just kind of how I feel about Moyes has carried on from that team. And I think he tries to do the right thing. So the only thing I'll, the only thing I'll add to that is that I think I thought that. And then I watched the Man United West Ham FA Cup game where literally from the first minute he parked the bus. And I thought, man, like if there's a chance, if there's a time for you to show that you're a different guy, like this is the time to show you're a different guy against the club that apparently you're so angry they didn't give you time. Go for it, mate. Like, it's an FA Cup. Who gives a shit? But he just sat back the whole time. And I still feel like there's that in him of restraint where he's just holding back a little bit. And, like, they could be so much more. I mean, they're doing well now, but I feel like it won't be sustained because Moyes is just going to be, be within himself when he should push on. That's just my little thing about it. But, honestly, fair play. A manager of the year right now, sure. Rishay, what do you think? About David Moyes, uh, I think he's doing a phenomenal job at West Ham. I think West Ham, for the last two or three seasons, we've been talking absolute shit about them like and not holding back. And now they're in fifth place with 42 points. And they, I think they have more points than Liverpool. So, uh, you know, well done, Moyes. And I think they have a little bit of squad depth now with the Lingard loan especially. And they have Declan Rice, who I was surprised at how big he is compared to everyone else on the field. So it's uh, like- Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stuchek, yeah, they got a they got a bunch of good players. So they're like a team that, you know, you don't want to just say we're going to get 3 points off of West Ham this, you know, week in week out. Forget about it. You're going to you're going to have to work for your points. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And the, I think um I think West Ham have Spurs soon and I think they're probably going to beat them and I think that's going to be a big result for uh, for Moise's credit. Um I, I I'm just keeping an eye on La Liga and Real Sociedad a fifth and for Moise I just want him to finish higher than Real Sociedad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex he beat Barcelona so like 
Sure. There's nothing else he needs to achieve in life. <laughs> and he tried to sign Danny Ings. It would be nice to, for them to both be in the same Europa League group next season. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic? That, that would be, be fantastic. Also, it's always nice when Isadio scores. Because again, it's yeah. like, you know, I, I can't stop. I can't stop seeing Issa joke. Like, I just can't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like online memes written all over. I just can't stop seeing it. I want West Ham to stay where they are or have a good season because I want the, sto- the narrative of they're the best team in London. That would be so funny to me. That London, really London is maroon. <laughs> yeah. London is claret. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that your favorite player, Alex? You've been talking about him for years now. Uh, he's rubbish, but I like him anyway. What I will say is that his goal spoke very well of West Ham set-piece training because he just scored Ogbonna's goal. Like, that's Ogbonna's goal, and Diop hmm. is playing instead of Ogbonna, and he scored the same goal. So that suggests <laughs> to me that their set-pieces are, are well-drilled. Uh, Alex, I think um, you have to choose one between Issa Diop and Davinson Sanchez. Gun to your head, who are you picking? <laughs> like, in my team? <laughs> yes. He's thinking about to, it. They're both, they're both awful. I have to go Davinson because Diop's never fit. So at least, at least Davinson might play. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Either way, we're getting relegated. What's the problem? Speaking of set pieces, Wade Rooney's derby with the oh. set piece routine of the season. He definitely saw it on Twitter with that. I don't know where that team was. You know, the one from Iceland or something. Yeah, just Google it. All the players are on one side. And then all of a sudden they rush the near post and the ball gets put in. And this time they scored. <laughs> like Darby scored it. It was un- unbelievable. Well, the, the funny thing about this was the, the initial post, the initial post that we were referencing of the like Scandinavian team somewhere doing this sort of thing was all the players ran from the same direction as the corner was coming. Mm-hmm. So you're like, this is a cool idea, but it makes absolutely no sense. But Rooney took it and just switched it and it made way more sense. Alex, they scored. Alex, Alex. Are you not going to tell all the listeners that I had that suggestion the second I saw that clip? Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? That was my, like, I called Rudy, and I was like, <laughs> on the thread, the minute you guys posted, like, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Run from far post to front post. And, yeah. then it. and I was like, okay, well, where's my money, mate? Did you use your, your Scouse accent so he could understand you? Yeah, I said, can I have a burger and a chok? Motivated him, you want picking up in the morning, <laughs> Yo, can we talk very quickly about Josh Maja scoring two goals for very quickly? Um, I mean, Sunder until I die, yeah, etc. Like it was just like honestly, like th- that show brings families together. My brother texted me just to say Josh Maja scored. <laughs> That's how much we love it. But yeah, man, I, I'm super excited for for the next season. I hope they still they're still doing it. Now, now we just have to see if he can score anything that isn't a tap in. That's true. Two, two lovely tap ins, but let, let's see something else. Wolves beat Southampton 2-1. Yeah, Southampton, man, like, it's time. when when you're unlucky, you're unlucky. Like, that penalty stuff was was nuts. Yeah. And you know what? Southampton beat them three days earlier in the FA Cup, 2-0. Mm. I'm sorry. And old. it was by far the better team. So, you know what? Unlucky Ralph has Hassel Hootenul. <laughs> Poor guy. I, you know, people are calling for his head, a.k.a. Bernie, but I still feel like he'll be at Southampton by the end What do you mean by unlucky? Like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Hold on. Six, seven. Six. Seven in a row. They've lost in this league. Seven. Six, isn't it? 
I don't know. Maybe I count an FA Cup game here. Why is Bernie yeah, doing? Like, why is Bernie doing get, his best Count Dracula impression? Get, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the tool. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, man, no. I'm sorry, no. When they were like where West Ham are, we were like, is he gonna get a big job? He's doing so well, Rafa. The, no, you can't lose six in a row. I'm sorry. Get I mean, rid of him. They beat Liverpool. Is that right? Huh? That was the last yeah. game. And they be cried. But listen, they, they've now lost two games. They've, they've lost 9-0 in each of the last two seasons. <laughs> so the next achievement is to lose nine games and then bounce back from that. Also, did you guys see Pedro Neto's goal? He's so good. He is. He's only like 19 or 20. I didn't know he was yeah. that young. Yeah. He, Someone needs to I, would, I, would, I would love to have him. Um, I, I just want to read the next three fixtures. Chelsea for Southampton. Leeds. We'll see what happens there. And then Everton. Mate, they're going to lose nine, actually. <laughs> they're actually going to lose the nine. Maybe. <laughs> like, it's on the table. But you know, Le- Leeds, you never know. And frankly, Everton, you never know either. Speaking you know, of, ne- speaking more, of you know. Neto, we were talking about, like, Liverpool players like Jota. I think Neto's a brilliant, like, replacement to one of the white guys if they lose either of them. Like, just a young guy coming in. I think Neto would be a great signing for them. I think so. I think I actually think with the right coach, he could actually grow to be world class. He's only like 20 or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would suggest yeah. he is. Like, someone needs to buy him before he gets way too expensive. Like, he's, he's the one. Um, Brighton, nil, nil. Aston Villa, Palace, nil. Burnley, three. I just I don't care. Anyone care? Nope. No. No. Cool. Martinez, clean sheets. Really the biggest thing there. Oh, yeah. Loads of them. All of them. Um, Right, let's talk very quickly about the Champions League and the Europa League, uh, given that's where our teams are. RB Leipzig against Liverpool. Look, Liverpool are favourites, but if you're RB Leipzig, if there's ever a time to do this, it's now, no? Yes, and if they don't do this, I want, I don't, I never want to hear Julian Nagelsmann's name come up ever again because people are talking about him like he's the next coming of the Messiah. Like, shut up about this. I, I haven't seen him beat anybody yet. Nagelsmann. Bundesliga. Nagelsmann is Rache's BL. He's the BL. <laughs> he's a great. Nagelsmann is like, like he, he's all like he does is rage. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all he does. I love Rache. Rache has this random hipster. He just because like he's the up and coming. He's like, no, I will not accept. I, ha- I yes. have a question for the pod. For you, Arsenal guys, except for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, which manager do you have an irrational hate for? <laughs> Oh. I say Ole because you guys are cuts, and I know that would be the first answer. So taking it away from you. But Can I give Ole, you irrational Ole is love? My most irrational one. Because he looks like Gollum to you, like you idiot. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't stand looking at him, and nor should anyone else. My irrational love is Martinez. Which Martinez? Oh um, my God! Again, yep. Well, again, Belgium, Martinez. Guys, thank you for thank you for a great episode of of the Koshcast. I can't like, believe you guys don't rate him. I can't believe it. No. Roberto Martinez. No. Yes, him. No, man. I don't know. I think Mohamed is disqualified from this. Alex, please go ahead. <sighs> I mean, my most irrational one is Ole. It's actually Kuman, isn't it? No, no, that's completely rational. He's useless. Kike <laughs> um, <laughs> Setien. How about him? No, you hate him for no reason whatsoever. Um, <laughs> He's. He's non-existent. You hate him for getting a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, who the hell is this guy? Um, I, I, I might have to think about this. I, I'm annoyed by that Pirlo is a manager. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I That's nepotism. I don't feel he deserves He'd that. He never even put the cones out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even for his children. Nowhere. <laughs> he got a job. 
Man well, literally went from the winery to the pitch. Like, come on. Uh, who else? I don't know. There's I, I not should, a lot of people. I should like do. Brendan Rodgers more than I do because he's he's actually brilliant, but he's annoying. Yes. Yeah, one of those. Um, well, anyways, you can okay, pick so, a coach or, or something if you want. We don't know who it is. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I, I hate enough people to not have <laughs> uh, Barcelona, PSG. Anyone got any predictions? Barcelona. 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 Is this one of those that they're playing in like another random city? I don't know. I'm going to go Barcelona because I think Messi might just decide one last hurrah, last dance. <laughs> and yeah, I don't trust PSG anyway. So yeah, I'm going Barca. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Also, it looks increasingly like Messi is not going anywhere. I'm going Barca because I don't want to hear anything about PSG ever again. And I want Neymar to sink to the bottom of the ocean. He's not playing, but yeah. Good. He's out for a month. And the month, literally the day he comes back or is supposed to come back is March 11th. This is not even made up anymore. It's true. So, what, is, what, is the, what is the significance sister's, of March? His sister's birthday. He's always injured on her birthday. So. This is BS. I hope he never comes back. <laughs> It feels really unnecessary, though. If Neymar went into contract negotiations and said, I want every March 11th off, they'd have to say yes. Like, yeah, pretty much. In fact, pretty they probably much. already have. Anyway, uh, Atleti against Chelsea. Uh, when Lampard was still in charge, I thought Atleti would absolutely batter them, but now I'm not sure. Oh, Luis Paris is going to score like four goals against Chelsea. Let's not, let's be real about this. I won't say four. I'll say two. <laughs> but yeah, I think Richard Ray's point. I think Atleti are going to. I just, I, I, I just think Chelsea should not score against Atleti. Yeah, Timo Werner is going to get eaten alive by whoever uh, Jimenez and uh, whoever the Atleti hard men are. Oh, so true. So true. Should be fun. Um, and uh, Mujin Gladbach against Manchester City. Like, you, you should, on paper, Manchester City should walk all over them, but you just never know in the Champions League. Pep might yeah. play Edison as a 10. Guardiola is, like, Guardiola is his own worst enemy in the Champions League. All he needs to do is play a consistent starting lineup, like we say week in and week out, but he's going to do like some idiot hipster crap move, and then he's going to lose 5-3. I think this is the game where... I think this one is the one where he can do whatever he wants and Gundogan will save him anyway. So whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know what occurred to me is that usually at this time of year, he's got a striker, they're playing fine, and then he goes all false nine in the Champions League and ruins everything. But he's been already doing the false nine, so maybe he's going to ruin it by bringing a striker back. Yeah, Aguero's to start. <laughs> yeah. And it, all goes, game back. and it all goes badly. All right, very quickly now, because we're just pissing people off at this point. Uh, Europa League... <laughs> <laughs> Man United against Sociedad, the uh, the David Moyes derby. Sociedad. No, like no Sociedad. I mean, we're gonna play our young boys. So Sociedad are gonna win. <laughs> yeah, four 0 Sociedad. Why are you playing your young boys? You're not winning the league. We don't are you, care. Are you listening about to this? this level of emotional protection. No, 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 no. This is the fact. Ahmad Diallo and those guys are gonna play. We don't want to win this thing. Bernie, is, is you Ahmad have... Diallo, the next coming of Jesus. You guys are trying to use logic here. I'm telling you, Man United don't want to get to the semifinals of this tournament again. They don't. Don't you telling you ball- inside information. They don't, don't you care. Have, don't, don't you have the Ballon d'Or winner in midfield? Fred? Don't you have Bruno Fernandes in your team? You'll be just fine, mate. I just told you he's not going to play. He will. Van de Beek is probably going to play. Oh, God help me. BK. 
Next game, please, before I get angry. Wolfsburg against Spurs, but it's not the Wolfsburg you think it is. It's some Austrian cheap version. Yeah, I don't what? care. There's another Wolfsburg? Yeah, it's just spelled with a B-E-R-G instead of B-U-R-G. Oh, oh okay. Well, I'm going to say they're going to beat Spurs, like, you know, 4-1 on accurate, hopefully. They are Spurs. a mid-table Austrian team, so yeah, I think you're probably right. Spurs are going to win, and it's going to be another one of those things where Mourinho gets an easy draw, another easy draw, and then we have to despair that he might win a trophy. Like, I, I really... It's I don't, not... I don't have emotional time for this. Mate, it's not going to happen. They're way too shit to win a trophy. <laughs> there really are way hope. too many good really teams so. left in this competition. Hopefully uh, for example, <laughs> Benfica against Arsenal. Mm. Arsenal will, will, will Arsenal will win this. I think Nicolas Pepe is going to have like a you know he's going to rock the boat and score a hat trick in one of the legs. A hat trick can't celebrate. Yeah, in one of the legs, <laughs> and it's going to make every Arsenal fan miserable. Yeah, most likely, <laughs> most likely the left leg. Uh, Benfica are fourth in um, what's it called the Portuguese Portuguese league. So league yeah, and and don't they have Jan Vertonghen starting every week? So we should be able to do something. Nicolas Pepe is going to be like, you know, Ballon d'Or form for this. I think you might be right, to be honest. We shall see. We shall see. Um, all right, let's end it there. The last thing I want to say is that Inter Milan are top of the league. Um, so we look forward to seeing them bottle it from here, presumably. Yep, yep. Juve will still win the league. <laughs> no, Bernie, no. Mate, <laughs> mate, they're eight points off with a game in hand right now. You think yes, who's too far with, with 12 games left? You think that's too far? Yes, I they've know. They've got a waiter in charge, but <laughs> <laughs> They've got the guy who freaking pounds the, the, the grapes to make the wine. Like so, The sommelier. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, if he wins it, fair play. If he wins it, I, I like, just forget football, mate. It's always... <laughs> Forget it. Just you know what he it. should do if he wins a league? He just turns to the camera and goes, That's vintage. <laughs> if he wins it, what does Sari do? Like, how would he Where's feel? Sorry. Just Napoli when Gattuso implodes. Yeah, true. I don't, I don't mean a form. I mean, he will literally blow up at some point. <laughs> anyway, all right, that's enough. Thanks, lads. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.